Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ravished, a historical romance and movie review podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Donna. Welcome to episode two of season two. And happy fall, y'all. Weather has been gorgeous out here in the Midwest. I even got to go camping, and we had the best weather ever. It was so great. Yeah, the pictures you sent made it seem like the ideal camping trip. I mean, our household just recovered from hand, foot, and mouth, so we stayed inside. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear y'all are doing better and feeling better. Uh, Y'all been through too much. Yeah, I mean, the hits won't stop coming because hubby just broke his leg. Yay. Oh my goodness. But before we get into today's episode, I really wanted to share two things. One is sad and the other one is exciting. So polar opposites. Um, Sad news. Rest in peace to Matthew Perry, best known as Chandler on Friends. That show was a staple of my childhood and just have so many memories of it throughout my adult life as well. So thank you for all the laughs. Oh, yes. Chandler Bing. (laughs) I'm so sad over this. I mean, what a loss and way too soon, man. Um, He was genuine and he was hilarious and he'll be missed. Rest in peace, dear Matthew. Yeah, I definitely shed a few tears. I'm like tearing up right now. Oh, my gosh. Well, in other news, we have some exciting things to share with you. (laughs) Do tell. So we have had several authors reach out to us and offer us some ARCs, which in the reading world are advanced reader copies of unreleased books. We have two so far that will be featured this season, and I've already finished one of them, (laughs) and I can't wait to share it in episode four. Wow. Yes, we're excited to review these up-and-coming books by authors who took the time to reach out, and we appreciate it and feel so honored to read your works. Yes. So today we're going to review one of the best-selling romance books of 2022, Things We Never Got Over, written by Lucy Score. Yes, Things We Never Got Over. (laughs) I decided to review this book because it's contemporary, a.k.a. out of my comfort zone. And I saw it had these rave reviews, and that was it. Like, it's one of the best-selling books of 2022. Yes, please. And I just picked it. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, can you take a minute to explain to our audience, for those who don't know, what contemporary means, please, Donna? Of course. So contemporary means the setting of the story is in modern times, like set in today's world with our technology and all the things we have going on. You know, it's not way back in the past or super futuristic with things we don't even know what they do. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you for explaining that. And that's a pretty convincing argument and why you chose the book, though. It has to be amazing for so many people to buy it. And I read she was an instant number one New York Times bestselling author. So that's impressive. Right? That's no small feat. And that's exactly what I expected as well. Like, 
This has got to be great. <laughs> so who is the author of Lucy Score? I've never heard of her. I hadn't heard of her either before this book, which is actually the first in a trilogy called Knock Em Out. Knock Em Out, as in fighting? Pretty much. There's a <laughs> town called Knock Em Out because they always used to solve problems there by boxing. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, so it's different. <laughs> and I tried to do some research on Lucy Score, this, you know, New York Times bestselling author, but there isn't much really out there. Lucy, I get it. Privacy is a luxury, you know. She's married and has a, quote, obnoxious cat. And uh, that's all there was out there. That's all I was able to find. Gee, not much. <laughs> but... I mean, that's understandable. She was like an instant number one New York Times bestselling author. So <laughs> there isn't much because she's newer to the game, I assume. Mm -hmm. So let me give you listeners the book synopsis so we can see what we're getting into here. Here we go. Bearded bad boy barber Knox prefers to live his life the way he takes his coffee alone, unless you count his basset hound, Waylon. Knox doesn't tolerate drama, even when it comes in the form of a stranded runaway bride. Naomi wasn't just running away from her wedding. She was riding to the rescue of her estranged twin to knock him out Virginia, a rough around the edges town where disputes are settled the old fashioned way with fists and beer, usually in that order. Too bad for Naomi, her evil twin hasn't changed at all. After helping herself to Naomi's car and cash, Tina leaves her with something unexpected. The niece, Naomi, didn't even know she had. Now she's stuck in town with no car, no job, no plan, and no home with an 11-year-old, going on 30, to take care of. There's a reason Knox doesn't do complications or high-maintenance women especially not the romantic ones. But since Naomi's life imploded right in front of him, the least he can do is help her out of her jam. And just as soon as she stops getting into new trouble, he can leave her alone and get back to his peaceful, solitary life. At least that's the plan. Until the trouble turns to real danger. The end. <laughs> so that was a lot to lay on the reader in the book description. Uh, yeah. Yes, girlfriend. I agree. <laughs> There's, okay, let's go over it. A runaway bride. A bearded bad boy. Barber. What's up with that alliteration? <laughs> There's an evil twin. A surprise kid in real danger. Woo! <laughs> Just doing a lot, okay? It felt like a soap opera while reading it or being like, let me give you a boxing reference, okay? It's being given a punch on the left cheek, a punch on the right, then an uppercut, and another hit. Non-stop. <laughs> uh, very unrealistic in terms of how involved everyone is in other people's lives and, like, how many crazy things are happening to people on a daily basis. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Just that synopsis. I mean, I'll be honest and say it was hard to even vocalize it, you know, like run on much. <laughs> so 
I randomly listened to our first episode of Ravish and I'm getting the same exact vibe from this book as I did Lisa Kleypas's Then Came You. I had way too much, you know, it was just nonstop drama, no time for the actual storyline. I I bought this book a couple of months ago and started it. And then I kept forgetting that I bought it for like weeks at a time because it was so hard to get into. Like, that's not normal for me. <laughs> How do you start a book and forget you have it? I don't know. I I felt like super, super tense reading it because it was so intense. Yeah. Um, about that first episode, then came you. I remember that awkward book, but uh, I don't think I'd be able to read that one for the record. And I'll decide about this one soon. <laughs> I just want to say this is probably definitely a book Nick would start and end on page one. <laughs> page 0.5. Right. Um, I also want to talk about the title here. Things we never got over. So like I said, I did not read the book synopsis before I bought it. Um, so reading the title, I expected this book to be like a reunion for the characters. You know, maybe they were in love in the past and had a falling out over something, but it's really alluding to the fact that they each had messed up childhoods and that's what caused misery as adults. Things we go through growing up can positively or negatively impact who we become and how we handle obstacles we encounter. I get that. Yeah, it takes some gaining wisdom to move forward. I don't know, but... Sounds like they're a match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're ridiculous. <laughs> really? So <laughs> another thing. You like coffee, right? I love it. <laughs> I enjoy one strong 12-ounce cup of Starbucks, freshly ground beans with a lot of heavy cream every single morning. Not my type of coffee, but I drink my coffee almost every single day and enjoy a good cup with sweetener. <laughs> but this book described getting a cup of coffee like they were writing a college thesis. It was a cup of coffee. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it really gets people pumping or I don't know. <laughs> I legit skipped what felt like paragraphs because it just was describing a cup of coffee and how incredible it was. I mean, it was even in the description about how Knox likes his life like he likes his coffee. You know, like the first scene of the book in a coffee shop. I just, I don't know. I just didn't believe bad boy Knox and this other character who's described in like an overly masculine way. But owns this coffee shop and makes the best cup of coffee ever. I, I didn't really like it. I don't know. Okay, sorry. I digress. I know I'm harping right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely dogging, but it's deserving. So why spend pages talking about coffee? I mean, just call the book Coffee We Never Got Over. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the bearded bad boy sounds pretty enticing though, right? So tell us about the characters. 
I'm not super into facial hair, except for Henry Cavill in Superman. Yep. Uh, and I'm not really into bad boys, so not very enticing over here. But first, we have Naomi. She's our main character. She's a twin to Tina. Now, Naomi is a goody two-shoes, but she's really not, in my opinion. She is obsessed with being a pushover and trying to make up for her sister, who is just a weirdly awful scumbag of a person. Like, Naomi, she just lets everyone walk all over her, and she's, like, also obsessed with coffee. I don't know why that was such a big part of the book, clearly, from my earlier rant. <laughs> but uh, Naomi, you know, she's the runaway bride who's trying to ride to the rescue of Tina, who called her and said she, like, urgently needs her. But Tina's actually manipulating Naomi to come there and give her money while abandoning her preteen daughter. What? Whoa. You know, that's bogus and probably not the best choice how to spend her time and energy, but it sounds like her niece is in good hands. Yeah, I'm trying not to give too much away, but it was just a lot. And I don't mean to be insulting, but it was just ridiculous. And Naomi's actually in her mid-30s and she's just unlikable to me because she's so insecure and everything and it like comes across as kind of spineless you know I just I mm-hmm. can't imagine any of these scenarios actually happening in real life but Naomi also constantly has sex with Knox the main male character it's not what you would expect from who the author made her into like I don't know it doesn't go yeah I'm not picking up what she's putting down but uh <laughs> Sounds like an immature set of twins all around. So I dislike as well. Mm -hmm. Next, I'll tell you about Tina. Tina. (laughs) So she's a lesser character in the book, kind of a background character. And she's, of course, the reason why Naomi is in Knock Em Out. She's an awful person. Her parents, you know, the description of them, they were great. Parents, successful, provided a good, stable home for Naomi and Tina. But Tina just loves to do illegal things and cause hell. Every single person in Knock Em Out treats Naomi like trash when she first gets there because she, they think she's Tina. And it's every single person in town hates her. And that's just so weird to me. <laughs> like, everybody hates you? <laughs> yeah. A little dramatic, but also kind of like an exhausting storyline you know so who's up next next is waylay yeah you heard that right waylay so this is the weirdest name i've ever seen you know (laughs) Waylay is the daughter of tina who's abandoned to stay with naomi because her mom skips town you know Poor kid who has a lot of emotional damage and abuse she's dealt with because of her awful mother. Not to mention having the name Waylay. Her mom named her that because she's like an inconvenience to her. And that she's, that's kind of what Waylay means, you know, like a small inconvenience just until she can get to the next thing. And it's just 
strange and cruel, like insulting your baby who didn't ask to be here. I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, I don't even know how to comment on that. I mean, this book. Mm. Yeah. Mm hmm. So next, there's our main character, main male character, Knox. He's he and every other male in that town are described as these just drop dead gorgeous hunks. Every single man. <laughs> mm. How is there a town? where every single man is just incredible looking and single and has no kids. <laughs> Where's it at? <laughs> Nowhere. I know. He's actually like 42 or 43 and he's never had a real relationship. Weird. And he just, he has so much emotional baggage and it's not something I see as, wait, I'm sorry. He, his emotional baggage is not something you would like see as destroying his life and making him into this jerk he becomes like you didn't have it that bad bro why are you crying mm -hmm. right. uh, but he's constantly cursing at Naomi and everyone else and ordering people around he's a toxic person in how he treats everyone supposedly out of the goodness of his heart but really he needs major therapy <laughs> as you can tell I don't like him this is not the man of our dreams ladies okay toxic masculinity at its finest like I couldn't be with a man who cusses me out or cusses at me no that's a sign of weakness in a man to me I don't know there's like a ton of other characters in the book as well because it involves like the whole entire town it's just a soap opera <laughs> Sounds like it. And a place where every single guy is good looking. And then we have the main man heartthrob being a total douchebag. Mm -hmm. Yikes. But you're dedicated for getting through this book because it's utterly unbelievable and should go in like sci-fi genre. <laughs> I mean, I read the reviews and I just I can't agree with them. I did not enjoy this book. I had to physically force myself to read it while I was like, in the ER because I hurt my back and I was just cringing the whole time. You know, Knox is so rude and selfish. And then Tina is an awful mother, daughter, human being. She's just awful. And it was not an escape or a happy place to be in that story. It also filled so much of the pages with Sex this, sex that, orgasms everywhere, every five seconds, orgasms solve world hunger, orgasms bring world peace. It was so much. <laughs> Gross. Not my cup of tea. You know that, but definitely one of those books I coined years ago as a sex book. <laughs> it sounds like for sure. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't read this book since it's so vulgar and we have these character characters who are pretty terrible. Mm -hmm. They're terrible people. <laughs> I feel like if I'm reading a book, I should at least want to be around the characters, like relate to them in a way or want to be their friend maybe. But I had no urge to want to be around any of these people. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I feel like they're all unlikable and repulsive in a way. And 
I'd also want to feel a connection with the characters, you know? Mm. Um, but what did you like about this book, though? Like, has, <laughs> it, there has to be something to recommend. Well, I think Lucy Score can write. And obviously, being a best-selling author, she knows what audience she's appealing to. You know, people are buying this. And I'm just not one of those fans of these types of characters. I get having a backstory and that people grow up in all different sorts of ways, but I just wasn't buying the backstory of these characters, turning them into who they are as adults. Right. Like she just wrote about a character and then they turn into something else. It didn't seem real. It's a little bizarre. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you recommend this book to anyone? <laughs> uh, if you're into books that have characters who have more messed up lives than you <laughs> and who cuss and have sex all the time, then I think you'll enjoy this book. <laughs> The ending is, in my opinion, random and just like a lot of buildup for something that I just do not believe. Like it's so out in left field. This could never happen. But I'm not going to give the spoilers of what it is. But I'm sorry. I just I know I'm Debbie Downer over here. <laughs> no, you're being frank and authentic with your review. And I personally appreciate it. Because, I mean, I feel the same. It's just not realistic. Too much sexuality and disturbing behavior. It don't sit well with me. And that's my opinion. So, but maybe some of you listeners will be excited to read about the sexual drama. I mean, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you rate this book out of five stars? So, Amazon rates this book 4.5 stars out of five. And uh, I think I give it one and a half stars out of five. It's quality writing, okay? It's not like crazy, but it's not my genre or taste. Do you think you would read it? <laughs> well, first of all, I thought you were going to say zero, but 1.5, I believe that's the lowest review so far of Ugh. anything we've re reviewed, which, you know, that's something. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I, I just can't, I can't stomach all that dysfunction. Thanks anyway. <laughs> but Donna, you're awesome for reading this book and giving an honest review. And I'm happy for the fact that we can have reviews like this too, you know, mm -hmm. and I hope it helps in one way or another for our listeners to decide if they want to spend the time on it, especially since it's a New York Times bestseller you know, save your money or enjoy the bumpy ride. Either way. Great job, sis. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. Well, everyone, this wraps up our review of things we never got over. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll be back in hopefully two weeks with another episode. Please remember to rate, write a review and subscribe to Ravish on your favorite podcast platform. Also, follow us on X and Instagram at Ravished Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Bye.